0: Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast, presented by SeatGeek.
1: You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right
0: now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers.
2: Welcome into the Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Aaron Summers. The Saints are on a two game win streak coming off their bye and a big 17 10 win in Cleveland. They're now prepping for the Philadelphia Eagles. There should be a lot of eyes on this one as there are playoff implications for both sides. The Eagles, they're 13-2. They've clinched a playoff spot already. They're looking to clinch the NFC East this week with a win over New Orleans, or they can do it with a Dallas loss. They're playing at Tennessee tonight. The Eagles will clinch the number one seed in the NFC overall with a win or a loss at Tennessee plus a San Francisco loss at um, Las Vegas and a Minnesota loss at Green Bay. So basically, the Eagles want to win if they're getting that number one seed in the NFC. For the Saints, they're sitting at 6-9. and They will be eliminated unless they win at Philadelphia. So basically, the Saints have to win this one to stay alive. Joining me on the podcast today is NFL Network reporter Stacey Dales, who will be in Philadelphia for this one, and our Saints fan of the year, Stephen Harrell. Harrell has been a diehard Saints fan for over 50 years. He's also a retired New Orleans police officer who served for over 34 years. He and his team actually oversaw the shelter at the Superdome during Hurricane Katrina. Let's kick things off with Stacey. Stacey, thank you so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. We're looking forward to having you at our game this weekend. I know it's a big one, so we're excited. How are you doing?
0: I'm great. Thanks for having me, Aaron. I uh, always love covering the Saints, you know that, in our previous chats. Mm-hmm. And uh, last time I had them was actually in London. And it's been, well, it's been a topsy-turvy season, obviously. Uh, started out with the quarterback position, but now, hey, two in a row. Andy Dalton gets his first road victory against Cleveland in really tough conditions, and now they're still alive in the uh, NFC South. It's kind of crazy. The division's been a little strange this year, but hey, if you have a chance, you have a chance, and that's all you can ask for.
2: There's a lot on the line for both the Eagles and the Saints going into this game. I know the Saints obviously have to come out with a win if they want to keep those playoff hopes alive, but going into it because of the stakes, you know, how intense do you think this matchup is going to be? What are you expecting from the game Sunday?
0: Well, I think you're right. It's going to be very intense because if the Eagles win and the Eagles, by the way, have been on the road for, as you know, three in a row. So they're finally back home, which means their fly Eagles fly flock are going to be nuts (laughs) as far as their fans to get their team back home. But with the win, they win the NFC East and they clinch the number one seed in the NFC. So that is massive. And Jalen Hurts has a shot to play. He was actually out on the practice field on Thursday uh, throwing a little. So that's a good sign with that shoulder sprain. And then for the Saints, you you just said it. They have to win out, right? They have to win mm-hmm. Sunday to give themselves a chance. And there's a, there's a, so many scenarios. They need a lot of help from teams elsewhere. Uh, they could be eliminated if in three different scenarios. If they lose the game, A. B, if Tampa beats Carolina. And Washington beats Cleveland. That's another scenario. And I'm going through them to, to prove a point. <laughs> and see, Tampa beats Carolina. Detroit beats Chicago. Green Bay beats Minnesota. I say all that because a lot of help from the outside will be needed. But they're playing pretty good football and the defense has gotten better. It sounds like a lot that has
2: to happen. But for this team, they've really just tried to focus on themselves and what they have to do to get that win. There just seems to be a change in... I don't know if it's the momentum shift or mentality, but post by, you know, they've come in and as you said, won these two games in a row. How have you seen this team change since yeah. when you've seen them earlier this year?
0: Yeah. And you're with them all the time, Aaron. So I think you have a, an incredible pulse on where they're at, but that buy obviously was glaring, right? They, they go to Tampa and lose by a point mm-hmm. the week before the buy, then week 14, they hit the buy and they come out and beat teams that probably they should be right atlanta and at cleveland who have gone through their ups and downs with their quarterback situation this year um i think defensively uh getting some takeaways right for a team Mm -hmm. that hasn't been able to really uh steal the ball away from the opposition all year to have their four takeaways of their total 11 in the last three games that's opportunistic football that gets you the ball back for your offense um, I think that's key. And I, I like the, since week, I, really the last three games or four games, their defense has done really an outstanding job, um, weeks 12 to 16, giving up just 14 and a half per game on average in that span defensively, uh, really, really eliminating yardage uh, from the opposition. And again, those takeaways are, are really key. They're obviously force feeding Elvin Kamara, who, you know, maybe not as much in the past game, obviously, but hey, let's get him the ball to run it and all the ways they're using Taysom Hill. I think they're doing whatever they can. And hopefully Chris Olave returns after missing the the last week's game against Cleveland because of that hamstring.
2: Yeah, it's a good point. And Olave was back on the practice field this week going through practice with the team. So hopefully he will be back in rotation. But somebody that's emerged, you know, over the course of the season and without him in the game this last week was Rashid Shaheed. He's been such a fun story this season for everybody. How cool is it to see a player like that for you just to watch kind of their progression as an undrafted rookie, somebody coming off an injury?
0: Yeah, what I love about it, Aaron, is that you're right. When you when you come into this league and you come in undrafted, there's no expectations, but then there's an opportunity. And when you see guys like Michael Thomas uh, injured and Jarvis Landry mm-hmm. uh, injured, do you seize the moment or do you you sit back in, in the wings and just kind of wait and watch? And I just love that he has stepped up and seized the moment. And any an undrafted rookie does that, even throughout their career, I, I applaud them and I support and I love it. So it's exciting. It's exciting. I certainly would love to see a in there to mix it up with him mm-hmm. a little bit. And uh, you know, as we see with, with uh, Taysom, what, what can they do? This is a really good Eagles defense. I think it's important to note. They obviously uh, you know, Andy Dalton's going to have to be protected. I'm really curious of how they replaced Andrus Pete in this football game. Uh, who maybe it doesn't sound like he's going to go per Dennis Allen with that ankle injury, but um, hey, these Eagles have 61 sacks and they have four straight where they have six or more sacks. They're chasing a record right now. The Chicago Bears in 84 had 72 sacks that season. And at the rate the Eagles are going, they have two games to go. They're averaging six per game. Shoot, they might be chasing that record. But if you're the Saints, you better protect Andy Dalton.
2: Yeah, Andy Dalton has done very well this season. I think he's come in and been more than serviceable. He's definitely over the past few weeks limited the interceptions and and not caused any turnovers from the offensive side of the ball. It's been different, I think, this season than what was expected, but they've adapted, and, and now they are sitting in a position where they're starting to kind of gain momentum. Things are starting to roll In comparison to teams in the past and what you've seen from the Saints, how have you seen this team develop under head coach Dennis Allen's first year?
0: I think it's a really fair question, and it's a good question. I think there's two different leadership styles. Obviously, Sean Payton, we became so accustomed to his leadership style for over a decade, well over. I mean, he's. Sean is, a, is, is is going to be a Hall of Fame coach in the NFL. So, you know, when I look at Dennis Allen, this is his first year as a head coach and obviously has, has an imprint on this defense and has had that for several years. I think it's been a little bit of maybe him navigating his way as a head coach, mm-hmm. but I think the players have responded and I think it speaks to how they've, how they're playing later than they were early. I think he was dealt with um, a couple of hands that he had to navigate through as far as the quarterback position. And I think overall they've gone with Andy Dalton just because of his efficiency in the pocket. And so uh, you know, it, it hasn't been an easy year. It hasn't been a perfect year, but Hey, they're still in it right now. And you know, I've seen so many weird things happen in the NFL over my time covering it that I wouldn't be shocked if if things fall in their favor, but they're going to have to get through a, probably the best team in the NFC, which is t- a tough road uh, this week against the Eagles. The Eagles, despite not having
2: Jalen Hurts last week, still over 400 yards of total offense. They've hit that mark for the past five games. It's incredible. They're scoring nearly 30 points a game. So whether it's Gardner Minshew or Jalen Hurts, they're very effective how does the change how does the team change though? How do you prepare, not knowing who is gonna be the quarterback?
0: Well, if it if I were in the shoes of the Saints, Aaron, and you raised such a great point, like Gardner Minshew comes in and throws it for 355 against Dallas. And Dallas defense is pretty good, right? I mean, you and I can agree. Yeah. That, that's, those are big time numbers, despite his two picks. And, you know, I think Dennis Allen said it best. Like the the system didn't change that much. The bulk of the system was the same against Dallas that the Eagles ran with Gardner Minshew. But it's the design runs to me. Like Mm. when I look at the numbers, we do a lot of next-gen stat stuff at the NFL Network. Nobody has more quarterback design runs than Jalen Hurts. And regardless, I don't think they're going to put him out there if he's even a few percentages, not all the way with that shoulder, which is his throwing shoulder. If he plays, I think it's going to be. We believe he can be Jalen Hurts, and he's going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think they're going to change the game plan because of his shoulder. They, they love to use him in all the designs imaginable because it changes everything in the past game. So, if if you are the Saints, if I'm the Saints, I personally I'm preparing for Jalen Hurts with you know a, a good bevy of knowledge on Gardner Minshew and what he's done in the past, and of course what he accomplished in the Dallas game, but. I, I don't think you can't not prepare for the leading front runner for the most valuable player right now in, in Jalen Hurts.
2: Yeah, he's incredible what he's able to do. The mobility that he has is just another level, as you mentioned, with the design runs and everything like that. He has been a challenge for the Saints over the past you know few games, times yeah. we've seen him. Uh, so I wouldn't be upset if he wasn't playing. But as far <laughs> as the Eagles go, they have you know, bigger goals this season rather than just winning the NFC in this weekend alone and winning this game. So again, yeah, how do you gauge playing him versus, you know, making sure he's healthier down the line?
1: Oh, it's
0: such a, it's such a d- good question. And it's such a dilemma if I'm in the shoes of, of the Eagles, right? Cause yeah. you, you got him actually bought, he got a little rest for those legs by missing the Dallas game. But it, it's it always goes back to the question: of How significant is the shoulder sprain? And a shoulder sprain typically, in my experience covering the NFL, takes a guy one to two weeks. We saw, I you know, I live in the Chicago area. Justin mm-hmm. Fields had a shoulder sprain and a couple little tears, and he was back in two weeks. So, uh, and very similar styles as far as using their legs. But every player's different. Um, Jalen Hurts is an impeccable condition. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he's very durable. Uh, Again, I I am actually, I think more people are leaning conservative that he's not going to play. I'm kind of leaning towards maybe he will give it a shot, but it goes back to your question. Do you want to be super ultra conservative with Jalen Hurts, who is potentially, you can still get that number one seed in the NFC. And when I look at their schedule, I see, well, they've got the Saints this week. And then they have the New York Giants, which is a divisional game. So, uh, you know, those are two games for them that they probably could see themselves winning because they're at home, especially. Uh, so do you play cautious and keep them out of mm-hmm. this one? Or do you listen to the player? Because I can tell you this, Jalen hurts wants to play. They always do. Yeah, they always do.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Cam Jordan, a couple of weeks ago broke his orbital bone and wanted to play and got, you know, it's just, it's unreal sometimes, but that's, that's why they play this game. It's physical. They understand that. Um, for the, the Eagles, their line, you mentioned the Saints line and, and needing to kind of hold up against a, a tough defensive front um, for Philly, but they're going to be without Lane Johnson for the first time and for the rest of the season. How much does that change yeah. things for that's them? Cool.
0: Well, because he's been just so adept in both the run game and the pass game. And and you, you heard Nick Sirianni, just like I did this week, who said he is the best tackle, mm-hmm. not right tackle, but tackle. Nick Sirianni believes he's the best offensive tackle in football, left or right. That's quite a statement from your head coach, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, in covering Lane Johnson over the years, he's just so reliable. He's such a physical force on the outside, wherever they put him. It's a huge loss. The fact that he's going to forego surgery and fight through this thing to play in the playoffs is a testament to his will and his character. It's remarkable to me, but do they go with Jack Driscoll at right tackle? Do they move Jordan Mylotta? Who's maybe a little bit bigger and, you know, physically powerful to deal with Cam Jordan, who you just mentioned Mm -hmm. on the outside who, who likes to come and attack the right side of an offensive line. So he would line up left in many situations, I don't know. Um, Nick Sirianni has been pretty keeping that pretty tight to the vest this week because, hey, it's gamesmanship. He doesn't want to tell Dennis Allen and company and Pete Carmichael what he's going to do. Right. So uh, we'll see on game day. But I do know one thing. This Eagles offensive line is extremely well coached and uh, they got one of the best in the game in Jeff. And I just I, I'm i always impressed with what they're able to do. Just Allen. In- Yeah. I mean, coming into this game, we've touched on a bunch of different things.
2: Any other storylines, things that you're keyed in on for this matchup?
0: Yeah, I would say um, who values the football more? Because right now, so I just got off the phone with uh, one Eagles player, Devontae Smith, who's having just Mm -hmm. a hell of a season uh, at the receiver position. He and A.J. Brown are both over a thousand yards. Uh, My last question to him, Aaron, was, well, what what is the message from head coach Nick Sirianni as far as you guys winning the NFC East and getting the number one seed this week? Because you can do it. And he said, take care of the football. They've had seven turn seven giveaways in their last two games. That has been very atypical for their football team. They had four giveaways against Dallas. And the message this week is they've drilled it this week is if if we give the football away four times to anybody, we're not winning the game. So uh, understanding that the the Saints have found a bit of a nose for the football of late, as you've seen, giveaways, takeaways, turnovers, all that stuff are going to be huge on Sunday. I know you're in Chicago and
2: you're, I guess, a Bears fan.
0: I'm not. I'm not a fan. I don't root. I don't root. Um <laughs> I just, I, I, you know, I learned so much more about teams when you're around them a lot. So I know, I know enough about the bears. I don't, I try not to root too much, Aaron, but, uh, cause I've got so many favorites in the NFL. I can't lie. Like yeah. I, the saints are, one, I mean, the Houdat nation is like one of my faves who so.
2: have been some of your, your favorite players to talk to cover or games
0: this season. Oh, goodness. I've really enjoyed covering the Buffalo Bills this year. Um, Jordan Poyer is one of my favorite players to listen to, talk to, and learn from. Um, I'm actually lined up to talk with Tyron Matthew this week, who is one of my all-time favorites, uh, who you've gotten to know quite Mm -hmm. well there in, in New Orleans. And he's, he's really come on strong in that secondary. Um, those are a couple of my faves, but I could go down the list at, you know, Green Bay. I cover quite a bit. And Alan Lazard's always very introspective um, in Chicago. You know, I've, I've, I've loved seeing the evolution of Justin Fields and his growth. Um, but Jalen Johnson, one of their quarterbacks is always fun to listen to because of his, his gamesmanship and his, yeah. Cornerbacks are, are the best, right? Like mm-hmm. Jair Alexander is probably the most fun guy you could talk to. And especially when he's winning <laughs> because yeah. it's just a colorful conversation and uh, they have so much confidence. The cornerbacks do. So I always enjoy a good cornerback combo, but um, there's a bunch, there's definitely a bunch in this league. It's full of great, great men and and women, female coaches, but on the field players, these men are fantastic. And uh, there's definitely a few faves on your roster as well there. Cam Jordan is up there too.
2: Yeah. He is uh, always willing to talk to you and has so much energy. How about you? How
0: about you, Aaron? Like who have, who's really jumped off this year with the saints? I mean, Cam, obviously he's,
2: like I said, he's always going to be available. He's going to tell you like it is. He's more than willing to give you his opinion. So he's always a fun one to cover. But Rashid Shahid has been so kind, so nice, just as a rookie, too, to come in and be more than willing to take take any questions and stuff. He's been fun. Uh, Jawan Johnson, you know, he's got his over oh, yeah. a million TikTok followers. So he's <laughs> used to the limelight and that. So he's uh, always a good one to talk to as well. Um,
0: yeah, it's, the, you know, the NFL is... Um it's such a wonderful family. It really is. And mm-hmm. once you, once you cover a team, you just get hooked. And I have been so blessed to be able to cover the whole league. And I just feel it's always humbling because I, you know, get off the phone and I'm jumping on a call with Fletcher Cox, because this is my game this week or Tyron Matthew. And I just feel so grateful mm-hmm. because I learn stuff. I love the game. I mean, who doesn't love football? And then it's the stories, right? Like who would have thought this young man, Shahid would, would be doing what he's doing. Right. Yeah. Out of yeah. yeah. what Weber state was mm-hmm. it? Is that where, yeah. I mean, come on, like doesn't get any better than that.
2: Anything else that you're, you're keeping an eye on outside of this game this weekend.
0: I'm just really always fascinated about the playoff approach and who's playing the best football right now. I think in the NFC, San Francisco and the Eagles and we'll see about Minnesota because they have a big game at green Bay this weekend. Um, And then the Packers, right? Like they still have a shot to make it in. And, and on the other side of things like the AFC has been packed. Joe Burrow's playing fantastic football. Patrick Mahomes always does. Josh Allen is um, having another outstanding campaign as they you know, as they embark upon being the top team in the AFC. And, and so there's just, the, it's always exciting this time of year mm-hmm. who could stay healthy, who can get healthy, who is, has gotten healthy and who's playing the best football right now. Yeah. Hopefully the Saints can keep this thing rolling. They've been playing some good football of late. I appreciate the time and I look forward to yeah. seeing you on Sunday. Thanks for having me, Aaron. We'll see you Sunday.
2: Appreciate Stacey joining me. Looking forward to her reports in Philly. Now to Steven. As the Saints fan of the year, Harold will get a trip to the Super Bowl this year. He has a great story and was such a fun person to talk to. Steven, thank you so much for coming in to the Saints facility. It's exciting to talk to our biggest fan. Nice fan of the year. I'm
1: glad to be here. Glad to be part of this.
2: How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Uh just getting ready for the holidays with family, and getting ready for the Saints game.
2: It's going to be fun. The season's probably not been what anybody anticipated, but there's been some fun moments. And I know you've been a fan for such a long time. <laughs> Where did that fandom start?
1: Well, really, as a kid, I I got introduced to my first game as a kid. My my brothers brought me to my first game back in the early 70s uh, at Twin Brothers, and he brought me to the game. And, look, I fell in love with the Saints. I fell in love with the stadium. It was in the neighborhood, Tulane Stadium. Uh, I fell in love with the, with the team. Back then, uh, Archie Manning was a, was a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lived uptown as well, so uh, was a big fan of the Saints from, from that time on. And I've really followed the Saints over the years. I mean, from winning and losing. Hey, I've been a, a Saints fan. I'm just an NFL fan at at heart as well.
2: Who are some of your favorite players that you remember watching that you couldn't wait to get their jerseys or see?
1: Oh wow! I, I would say, uh Archie Manning was one. Mm-hmm. Ricky Jackson, of course. Pat Swilling, the Dome Patrol. Every person in the Dome Patrol. Uh, uh, Chuck Muncie. Uh, Reggie Bush, uh, Wes Chandler. Back in the day, we had some great players, some excellent players back then. We just couldn't get over the hump. We didn't have that that solid team on both sides of the ball. We'll, once we'd we'll have good offense one year and not a poor defense, or we will have a good defense and not a, a great offense, so we couldn't get over the hump. But when Jim Mora came, he kind of changed the culture, brought a little winning to us with with Bobby A. Bear and that group and that team. Winning, going to the playoffs and making great runs and having great records. So that I fell in love with the Saints all over again when they were winning more, Mm -hmm. right? So I was going to the games a a lot more back then.
2: How much did you enjoy the Super Bowl run then?
1: Oh, wow. Just that year was magical. Uh, I remember one pivotal game. I went to the road trip to Miami. And, of course, the Super Bowl was in Miami that year. And the Saints were losing at halftime. And the, the Saints had a, a a great comeback. And Drew Brees scored the go-ahead touchdown in Miami that, that game. He dunked the ball over the goalposts, and the fans went, wow. It was like a home game. Yeah. And it turned the tide. And from then on, I had a great feeling about the Saints, that they, they might make a great run at this thing. So I think that game was pivotal. And then going into the NFC Championship game, bringing my youngest son, who's actually going to accompany me to the Super Bowl. My youngest son uh, was about uh, about nine at the time, mm-hmm. and I uh, brought him to the game, an NFC Championship game in New Orleans. Wow, right? So the Saints came down to kick that field goal. Garrett Hartley came out. Everybody's chest was pumping, right? And right through the uprights, Garrett Hartley. I mean, not a dry eye around me. Everybody had tears streaming down and got a chance to go downtown and, and celebrate. And it was a great feeling. We're going to the Super Bowl.
2: It came at such a important time for the city mm-hmm. around Hurricane Katrina. Mm-hmm. I know you've been heavily involved in, in that a former police officer here in New Orleans. Yes. What was your experience like during that time?
1: Well, yeah, the city was coming back, right? We had a lot of problems after Katrina had different school systems, the police department. We didn't have as many officers, we had some officers left the job, but I stayed throughout. And it was difficult bringing things back online. But the bright spot was the Saints coming back to the city mm-hmm. and moving back from Texas into the city and reopening the Superdome. So I just wanted to be part of that. I said, I worked, I, I was in the Superdome during Katrina, helping our citizens. Right? I was, uh Uh, protecting and serving our citizens while they were in the Dome during that that, that difficult time. And that was my duty spot for eight days during that ordeal. And I went on rescue missions after that. But as they came back to the city and the city came back online, hey, I wanted to be part of it. And I got my season tickets when the body wanted to buy season tickets. And I was very excited and it was just a run. From then on, from 2006, they got better and better and better. And on to the 2009 season, hey, we made that Super Bowl run uh, When uh, in 2006 when uh, uh, that kick, that block punt, mm-hmm. I was there. And that was the loudest I've ever heard of Superdome. When that block punt came and it really turned a tide for the team, I think that winning culture came in. Sean Payton came in, bought that winning culture, that feeling, and you felt like there was going to be that's something special with this team. So I was excited and uh, always excited about being a police officer to protect the citizens of the city. Uh, I, came, I became a police officer for that fact. Uh, my brother was killed. My brother was a police officer. He was killed in the city of New Orleans back in the early 70s, and that propelled me to be a police officer too. Work in the community. Work with the young people in the community, and uh, and uh, have an opportunity to serve my city. So again, I'm I'm excited about the Saints. Always excited. Uh, They're a beacon light in the city, and uh, everybody loves the Saints here. in the city. I love them.
2: And what an incredible story! You got your season tickets, your first set, I guess. You know, in 2006.
1: Yes, in 2006, I got my first set, and I ha- never looked back. And and Loved every minute of it. Going to the games with my friends and other officers, tailgating before the game, going out under the bridge at Claiborne and tailgating and Mm -hmm. having a great time with friends and having friends from other teams come in and other officers from other cities and having a great rivalry. Uh, Of of course, Atlanta is our biggest rivalry. Had a lot of friends in town, and we always have a great time tailgating. But that was my first time having season tickets, and I love having the season tickets.
2: How difficult was it for you to be back in the Superdome after spending so much time there during Hurricane Katrina? And there's just different feelings, I'm sure.
1: Oh, yes, there was a different feeling. Just watching the dome in that in that state during Katrina where the roof came off. I was inside when a roof was torn off in the middle of the night and we have our citizens inside and, you know, watching the despair and the uncertainty around that. So seeing the dome in that capacity, it was it was difficult for me going back into the dome and not going in before they had it fixed, right? And before they had the repairs and going in and seeing hey, they made the repairs, it's uh it's coming back online. The the, the fans are in there to the top of the ceiling screaming and having a great time. So I think it was it was a great time for the Saints. It was the right time for the Saints to come back to the city to infuse have that enthusiasm about something, a bright light. I think it was, uh, it was right spot on at that time.
2: And then, as you mentioned, the wins, the success started to pile on. The Super Bowl came five years later. Mm-hmm. What a fun period of time to be a Saints fan! Since then, what have been some of your favorite memories?
1: I think uh, a lot of my favorite memories are just tailgating. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to the tailgate with my friends and, and hanging out before the game, be it a, a Monday night, a night games. We had a lot of nationally televised games, which are great. You get to spend a whole day outside. I mean, uh, just tailgating with your friends, thinking about the game. And uh, I think there was some – some great games in there with the saints had some great battles with a, a, a lot of great teams, uh, a lot of great quarterbacks coming in, watching a, great, a lot of great teams coming in, battling with the saints mm-hmm. and the saints actually on the winning side of, of a lot of those games with some of the great quarterbacks coming in. I think that's some of my most fondest memories of the great wins that the saints have put together and the great teams that Sean Payton put together and Mickey Loomis bought uh, that culture winning. I think that's, uh, something that we look forward to. I'm saying Saints fans, we spoiled at winning now, right? Mm-hmm. We like to win, even though we're not doing so great this year. But it's still that enthusiasm around the game, going to the Superdome, getting ready to come in, seeing that it's still packed to the rafters, even though we're not winning. That's mm-hmm. that's exciting to see.
2: You're retired now. Mm-hmm. How did you get off every single game day as a police officer to be able to go to the games?
1: Well, it's how I adjust my schedule. <laughs> I'll adjust my schedule to, in, in my in the latter end of my career, I was more flexible because I had a position where I didn't have to work on the weekends a lot. Mm-hmm. In the latter part, as I got closer to retirement, so it became a little easier for me not to work on Sundays. If I worked on Sundays, I would work in the evening after the games. Mm-hmm. So I'll just adjust my schedule. If I know it's, a, it's football season, I'll make the correct adjustments. Priorities. Hey, I got to get it right. I got to get in that dome
2: definitely you mentioned starting off going to games at tulane stadium yes i'm trying to picture games there
1: outdoors uh tulane stadium like uh, it was in my neighborhood i live maybe about nine or ten blocks from tulane stadium and we can hit a crowd from sitting on my front stoop mm-hmm. uh, we can hear a crowd cheering and uh it was uh people parked as far as to my house to walk to the game. So, again, it was just great seeing the fans going. But I got an opportunity to go to a Monday night game. I think it was the Saints' first Monday night game. And that was my first game. My brothers bought me to the Saints were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it was raining. And uh, it was – I was just all football that day. Mm -hmm. I was so excited coming home from school. I'm going to a Monday night game. I'm excited going with my brothers. And uh, it was a great experience for me, going to that stadium and, and walking up to, living uptown and being part of that. I still feel that the Dome is uptown because it's on the uptown side <laughs> of Canal Street. So, you know, I love that piece of it. I used to walk to the Dome when I was a kid from my house to with my, my middle brother. We used to walk to the games as well wow. when we had tickets to go to the game in the Dome. Yeah, so I remember I went to the Dome the first day it opened. Uh, there was a mass there, so... I went there and I knew I would come back for football games. So it was great.
2: It's a really cool place it to is. take in a game, be a fan. It, it's different than anywhere.
1: Oh, yes, it is.
2: How many away games have you made it to?
1: Wow. Over the years, I'd have to say it, I've gone to at least 30 or more games out of town. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pick them out. Now I'll go with my sons, my three sons. We may travel to Jacksonville. We may go to Atlanta. I've been to New York, I've been to Chicago, I've been to several cities, having good times, building rivalries, making friends as we go, making tailgate friends as we go. It's always good to get out and have, uh, doing football season and to tailgate with others and Mm -hmm. have a great time and have good fun. So I love traveling with the Saints. I I try to pick one or two games a year to travel Mm -hmm. with. So uh, this year I went to the Atlanta game. And that was a victory. Yes. It was a tough win, but it was a victory. Came home with the win. So I look forward to traveling with the Saints all the time.
2: And now you get to go to the Super Bowl.
1: And now I get to go to the Super Bowl. I get to go to a Super Bowl and represent the Saints as fan, Saints Fan of the Year. I'm very excited about it. I'm excited about the chance to win NFL Fan of the Year as well. Mm-hmm. I have my family out there voting and friends out there voting for me. So I'm looking forward to it. All good fun. Uh, is great. Uh, is great. Uh, and I thank the Saints and organization and uh, NFL for this opportunity, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm very excited.
2: When did you find out that you won?
1: Well, I was I was at work, and uh, I was at work, and uh, and I got a call from Andy, and Andy called and said, "Hey, how you doing?" This is Andy from Saints and um, organization. Uh, you are. Saints fan of the year. I'm like, who is this? I'm thinking like one of those robocalls <laughs> or something. I'm like, <laughs> but I forgot. I, I forgot that I entered the contest uh, back in July, and I was. And he said, check your email. I checked my email. Congratulations, Stephen Rowe. You're Saints fan of the year. I saw the email. Then I knew for sure. Hey, wow, that is awesome, awesome, to be Saints fan of the year, man. I still can't get over it. My friends uh, and yeah. my family are like, wow. Steven, that's what you deserve. I was like, yeah, I love it.
2: What was your pitch when you submitted your – you applied, I guess, for
1: – Well, my pitch was, uh, you know, I was a Saints fan for over 50 years, uh, uh, and I love going to Saints, Saints games and being a uh, part of the tailgate experience and uh, serving over 34 years of, of as a police officer. I'm still a reserve police re- lieutenant in the yeah. reserves right now. So just serving 34 years of our citizens and being in the Dome during – Hurricane Katrina, I thought that was uh, something pivotal for me in my my career. And uh, still serving the cities, protecting the Dome, and and uh, helping our citizens during those times of crisis, I thought that was pivotal for me. And just being a Saints fan and being enthusiastic about the Saints coming back to the city and, and, and enjoying the Saints, enjoying okay. having a franchise in our city, I think it's important that you know, a city like ours has a bright spot like the New Orleans Saints in our community, has community service in the community. I do a lot of community service yeah. as well as a police officer. And so I'm looking forward to many, many years of my season tickets and having great victories and wins and, and being part of uh, – the winning culture in the city here in New Orleans.
2: Yeah, well, community is very important for the Saints, and Mm -hmm. I know it is for you as well. So we appreciate everything that you've done Mm -hmm. for our New Orleans community over the years, and we're excited that you're the fan of the year, and best of luck winning the NFL fan of the year.
1: Thank you very much. I'm very excited, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to going to the Super Bowl and representing.
2: Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. Congrats to Stephen Harrell, and big thanks to him for everything he's done for our community I'll be back with another Saints podcast tomorrow as we check in with Saints legend Marcus Colston. Thanks for joining me.
0: Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time, right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.